My name is Blake Huffine, and I'm the pastor here at the Movement Church. Welcome to our podcast. Hope this message inspires you. Hope it grows you closer to Jesus Christ. So let's jump right in and receive the message. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Movement Church. Today, we're going to be talking about false prophets, false teachers, and false Christians. Uh, before we begin, I want to make sure you understand that this message is spirit-led. Um, I have a few sermon uh, or a few scriptures, but no sermon notes. So we're going to let the Spirit lead. First, let's just pray that He would take over, that He would lead, and ultimately feel where we are with His presence. So let's go into prayer. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that You would fill uh, our locations with Your presence, whether these people are listening in their car, in their rooms, in their house, wherever they are, Lord. We pray that You would fill their space with Your presence, and ultimately, Lord, fill me with Your presence. Lord, fill me with Your Spirit. Uh, I empty myself of me. Lord, fill me with you. Use me as a vessel to uh, proclaim the truth. Lord, we ask that you would ultimately lead this uh, video in the name of Jesus. We give it to you. We surrender ourselves to you. All right, guys, let's start out. Let's go to Matthew uh, chapter 24, verse 23, uh, and, and let's read from there. This is talking about the last days. Jesus says, Then if anyone says to you, Behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told you in advance, so if they say to you, Behold, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or behold, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe them. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be, wherever the corpse is, uh, wherever the corpse is there the vultures will gather. So this scripture is talking about the last days, and, and Jesus says that if anyone says to you, here is the Christ, or there he is, or he is in these inner rooms, um, do not believe them, because he is going to return the same way he ascended. He is going to come in glory in the clouds. There will be great majesty and magnitude. Uh, every tongue will confess, every knee will bow, and, and they, they will declare that he is Lord. So we have, to, we have to remember this. Now, I bring this up for two reasons. The first reason is because if you look in the media or across many platforms, you will actually see that there are uh, a bunch of people in the world right now claiming to be the second coming of Christ. It's crazy. They have hundreds to thousands of followers, and some even claim that they have memories of the crucifixion. They've declared other people in their following that they are, uh, like one guy has convinced this girl that she's Mary Magdalene. Uh, there's another guy who, or he has convinced another guy that he was one of the apostles reincarnated or something so it's crazy honestly but i bring this up because we have to understand that um these scriptures are going to be fulfilled so when we see these things we can't just brush it off as one day we have to understand that this is really going to be fulfilled and it actually is being fulfilled right now as we're speaking they have hundreds of thousands of followers they literally have their own regions and it's going to get worse up until the point of the antichrist that declares himself as the messiah and as god so uh, we have to remember and believe that these scriptures are going to be fulfilled. Now, the second reason I bring this up is because it says Christ. It says here is the Christ. And there are many other scriptures that talk about a false Christ, many false Christs. And so I bring this up because the word Christ in the uh, New Testament, in the Greek, is actually the same word for the anointed one in the Messiah. But I say the anointed because if you look across, uh, you know, the United States, especially and all over, there are many people, right, claiming to have an anointing, claiming to be working in the power and in the glory of God, claiming to be, you know, doing all these things, be claiming to have an anointing. Um, so how can we discern this? 
How can we point out, you know, whether something is truly of God, whether one is truly of God? Well, first, I want to make sure you understand that this ministry, we're not going to spend time calling directly out certain people as false teachers. That's not what this is going to be about. That's not what this ministry is going to be like. What we aim to do and what we feel God has led us to do is to build you up in your relationship with the Holy Spirit um, to where you can discern through the Spirit who is and who isn't of God. We don't want you to be dependent on the movement church for discernment. We want you to have your own relationship with the Lord to where He is speaking to you and the Holy Spirit is leading you into sound doctrine. That is the goal. We are not trying to set ourselves up on a pedestal. We want you to see Christ on the pedestal and to worship Him and to listen to Him yourself. We don't want to be your sole um, source of biblical knowledge. We want you to. We want to train you on certain topics, but we want you ultimately to have a desire and a fire to know the Lord and to know how He feels. So that is the second reason why I say this scripture to help you understand that it says there are many false anointed. So we're going to help you under, or it says, yeah, it says there are many false anointed. We want to help you understand um, that. So first, to understand. A, uh, to see a false anointing, we first have to compare it to the true anointing, to the true Christian. So let's go to First uh, Timothy chapter 4, and let's read about this. It says that there will be an apostasy. It says, But the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons, by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron, men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything is... For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude, for it is sanctified by means of the word of God in prayer. In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ, constantly nourished on the words of faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following, but have nothing to do with worldly fables, only fit for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, for bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It is a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance, for it is this we, we labor and strive, because we have fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men especially of believers. Prescribe and teach these things. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. So it's talking about here that there is going to be a time when people fall away from the faith and give heed to a different doctrine, to a different and, and wrong teaching. So let's, let's jump and let's get a little bit more. 1 Timothy 6, 3-7. Uh, so let's get that one. It says, If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine of conforming to godliness, he is conceding and understands nothing, but has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words, out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, and evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of deprived mind and deprived of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. So we see here that godliness is Christianity. Godliness is a call to um, obedience in being a Christian. You are called to, to walk in godliness. So one who is not walking in godliness but claims to be a Christian, I, I don't know how. 
Because here's the thing, like for myself and many other people who are born again, many other uh, fellow friends that are Christians, that are devout Christians, this is what's happened. They have encountered the true Christ, okay? They have read the scriptures. They know who Christ is, the, the heart of Christ, the call of Christ. They've encountered the Holy Spirit, been filled with the Holy Spirit, know and understand there is a call to godliness, so me, myself, whenever I became a Christian, I went all in. I, I, when I understood who Jesus was, when I saw who Jesus was in the Scripture, I, I, was, I was convicted, I repented, I gave my life over, and I don't know how you can be a Christian and not give your full life over. When you see who Christ is, it is an immediate surrender. You have to repent of your sins, you leave it behind, and the Scripture calls for that. Um, so I, I heard it so much, you know, well, your fire is going to die out. You're just a fresh believer. Well, I'm going three on four years strong, and my fire is only burning hotter. Okay, I don't know how in the world these people ha have encountered the true Christ, they say, but yet have died out. Have encountered the true Christ, but do not understand and see a call to a godly living. If you read the scriptures, if you truly read the scriptures in desire of knowledge of the truth and, and understanding and actually listen to the Holy Spirit as you read, you will see that there is an extreme call to leaving the sin and walking in the Spirit. Spirit. You cannot walk in the Spirit and in sin. Second Peter. Let's read Second Peter. Chapter 2, verse 20 through 22. This is what it says. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed on to them. It has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to its own vomit. And a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. A dog returns to its own vomit. That is the same as someone who has heard the truth, has heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the story that he has died, forgave your sins if you would walk in accordance to the way that he has called us to walk. If you walk in that, then you are forgiven. But if you do not, you are just like a dog returning to its own vomit. You, you receive the word. You hear it. You understand what Christ has done for you. And then yet you turn around and live your sinful life and make excuses saying that grace covers your sin. Let me tell you something right now. There is one limit to the grace of God. There is one limit to grace of God, and that is the willful sin of a Christian. If you continue sinning willfully, Hebrew says, there no longer remains a sacrifice for the sins. It is better for one to have not heard the gospel than to have heard it and turned away from it and continued living a life of sin. If you are a Christian, you will walk in the Spirit. You will walk in holiness, as the Bible says, to be holy for your God is holy. You will not walk in sin. I've heard it so much Christians say, well, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I we're just sinners saved by grace. No, you're not. A, no, that is a horrible thing to say. That is such a horrible thing to say. You are not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner. You were a sinner saved by grace, but now, now you are redeemed. Now you are a little Christ. As a Christian, you are a little Christ. You are an ambassador for Christ of the kingdom you're going to, the kingdom you're from. You are to represent the law, the way of life in the kingdom of God. And in that kingdom of God, you are without spot. You are blessed. 
blameless. You are spotless. You are presentable to God and you are redeemed and you are sealed with the, the Lamb. You have the seal of the Lamb. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same Spirit that raised Lazarus from the dead, the same Spirit that cast demons out, the same Spirit that worked in Jesus Christ on earth is inside of you, helping you live your life like Christ. So it is so horrible to say you are a sinner saved by grace. Now, I'm not saying to say you're without sin because the Bible says that if man says that he is without sin, he is a liar. We are uh, we are guilty of sin, but we are not sinners. We do not live and practice sin. The Bible explicitly says not to live a life that is conformed to the way of the world, but to be set apart, to be holy for the God that we serve is holy. So when we talk about false Christ, false anointed, we have to look at the life. Matthew 7 says to test the fruits of the person, test the fruits to see if they are of God. Okay, First um, John chapter 4, verse 1 says, test the spirits to see if they are from God. We have, to, we have to look at the lifestyle. We have to look at the teaching and see, compare it to the true word of God, compare it to the lifestyle that Christ lived and see, does that what the Bible says? Are they walking in sin? Do they excuse sin? Do they, do they not take... Uh, do they are, are they rejected to correction? Are they rejected to edification? You know, all these things, you have to compare those to them to see if they are of God, a false Christ, a false prophet. It's so important to understand that we have a call to holiness. We have a call to live a life that is not, uh, that is not conceited, that is not uh, con- contradictory of the word. God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You have got to humble yourself. You've got to prepare yourself to receive the correction that Christ is going to bring you um, and, 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 and into other people. The correction into other people. If they are rejective to the word of God when presented to them, that, that can be a very, very clear sign. Because the crazy thing is, is that when you look at the way Jesus was tempted, okay, he was tempted with the word of God. He was tempted with deception. So the same way that others in this world are going to be tempted by deception and even by the word of God, that's how they could, it says that deceiving if possible, even the elect, how would the elect be tempted? They wouldn't be tempted with a wicker book. The elect, the elect, the strongest believers are, are not really going to be able to be tempted by, you know, books of Wicca or, 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 you know, Satanist books or anything like that. It's going to be deceived by the word of God, by their own teaching. Oh, my gosh, there's so many Christians right now that are being tempted, that are being deceived by this new age teaching, introducing this Christ mind, right? This, this, this whole idea that there is a Christ mind, there is a Christ identity, the I am. Okay, this is growing among people. And I've seen myself, personal relationship with people that were Christians, that were, that were devout Christians that have fallen into this doctrine of demons. And they even make excuses for it, trying to merge the two religions. Man cannot serve two masters. You have to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to get into his word. You have to dive in and understand the personality of Christ. You have to understand what God calls for his people. Understanding the law. Understanding the things that Christ has set as an example. Oh, man. Oh, man. Look here. Okay. Uh, 1 Peter 
Chapter 221, For you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. In the same way, be submissive to your husband, wives, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may, want, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives. Wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior, your dormant must not be merely external, braiding the hair. Okay, so this is going on to another thing. But what this is saying is that you were to walk in a godly life. You were to live as Christ lived on earth to be the example. Man, I'm all fired up about this. Okay, the example is in, is in the word. The example to know whether someone is of Christ, to, where those, to know whether someone is anointed, is in the Word. If you are not in the Word, you're not going to be able to discern whether someone is a false Christ. If you are not in the Word, you're not going to know how to walk in Christ yourself. You're not going to know the, the, the authority that you are to have. You're not going to know the, the representation that you are to have. How are you going to minister to others when you do not even know how to be a Christian yourself? You have to understand the importance of your holy life, of removing your sin from your life. Oh, man. So whenever, uh, whenever Christ is talking about the false messiahs and the false Christ, how in the world are you going to be able to discern the false teachers and the false, uh, the false prophets whenever you yourself are not walking in the life that you are called to live? Oh, man, I feel the Spirit right now saying, wake up. If there's one thing the Spirit has to say right now is wake up. Walk the walk. This is a fulfillment of the prophecy. A man prophesied over me that you will walk uh, up these stairs. He, he said he saw a vision of me walking up the stairs, and I was lighting the candles uh, of other people, lighting the wicks of other people, and that is what's happening right now. The Spirit is saying, wake up, light your candles, and be ready for the coming of the Lord. Be ready for the coming of the Messiah, for it is coming soon. It is coming so soon that you do not even realize the quickness of the Lord and His coming. And whenever He comes, He's going to come in great glory and magnitude. And whenever everybody sees Him, they will be in awe and magnitude. And yet, at the same time, they will be so guilty and convicted of the sin that they did not believe many have heard of Jesus and still yet denied it and then see him coming in the clouds and it will be an awe but at the same time it will be a sadness it will be an awe and it will be a dread so those of you who claim to be Christ followers those of you who claim to be anointed and believe and declare yourself as a Christian take one good look at yourself right now in the image of God Use Christ as the other side of the mirror and compare yourself. Are you looking like Christ? Do you look like what this word says to look like? Do you walk in the authority and in the anointing that Christ has laid out for you? Are you walking in that or are you stepping on it? Are you walking in it or are you stepping on it? Are you taking the walk and taking the steps that Christ has laid out for you and the, and the possibilities to serve God willingly 
or are you stomping on it? Are you fulfilling the desires and the lusts of your flesh? Or are you taking a step into the anointing and taking a step into the call of God? I'm going to prophesy over you right now. There's somebody who is going to step up and step out of that lifestyle. They're going to understand that they have been wrong all this time. They have misused the grace of God. And now you are ready to take the steps necessary to grow in your relationship and your walk with the Lord. You are going to step forth and you are going to say, I am of God. I am going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I am going to represent him and be a light into the world. My candle is burning. It's going to it's going to saturate the entire candle and it's going to become a bonfire. I have ignited a bonfire in my heart, says someone, and I'm going to walk in the anointing that Christ has laid out for me. Oh man, God is literally handing out keys to the eternal life, to the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom are being laid out right now and someone needs to add it to their keyring. Somebody needs to grab it right now and unlock that door and say, I'm ready to lay down my life. I'm ready to walk in the anointing in the life that God has laid out for me. I am done with what the world has done for me and I'm ready to walk in the anointing and in the power that God has laid out for me. Somebody right now, raise your hand and say, amen. I am ready to leave by behind this corrupt lifestyle, this life, oh man, it's, First Corinthians says that bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. There's some of you right now that need to leave the company that you've been around They've corrupted your lifestyle. You know God is calling you for so much more, but still yet you're stuck in your past. You're stuck in the memories of your past. You're stuck in the people that keep reminding you of where you've been. Somebody right now needs to step forth and say, this bad company will be no more. I will either be a light and a fire that consumes them and leads them to the Lord, or I'm going to leave them behind and walk in the Spirit and walk and follow the Lord. Many of the disciples, if you look in the Scripture, they left their life. They left their life to follow Christ. And even whenever He presented to them, you know who he was and they said where else should we go Lord where else where else should we go there's some of you right now need to understand that when you start following Christ you will understand where else would you go where else would you go without Christ where else would you go without the knowledge of the truth where else would you go without your anointing there's some of you right now that are literally living a sinful life there is something that God has placed on your heart that you know you need to leave behind but you haven't done it there's some of you right now that know you need to leave that drink and have it behind there's some of you right now that know you need to leave that lust and porn behind. There's some of you right now that know that you need to leave that addiction behind. Whatever it is, you need to lay that down right now on the altar of the Lord. Break that alabaster jar and be ready to walk in the anointing and of the call of God. Oh man, if you want to be able to discern the anointing and know whether someone is of God, you got to get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's only by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that you're not taught by man, but you're taught by the Holy Spirit. So if you're taught by, if, if someone teaches you something, you're taught by the Holy Spirit through them. It is not going to be by man that you learn this. So you got to get filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to get in tune with the radio station that the Lord is preaching through right now. If you're not on the right station, you're not going to hear the right message. So guys, get in the right message, get in the right word of God and be ready to receive the anointing that God is pouring out. Boy, the Holy Spirit is moving right now. You got to be ready to receive what God is pouring out. God's pouring out his spirit. If you ain't got your cups ready, you're not going to get it because he ain't just halfway feeling it. He's feeling it to the brim and it's overflowing. The Holy Spirit is pouring his spirit out right now. There's someone in this message that knows the call to God is, is reaching out to them. Are you going to answer? 
Are you going to answer, man? First John chapter 2, 15. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful proud of life is not from the Father, but is of the, it is from the world. It is from the world. Children, it is the last hour, just as you heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, Antichrist, many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. It is the, it is the last hour. But look what verse 20 says. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and, all, and you all know. You have an anointing from the Holy One. We're all, you have an anointing. God is trying to, trying to use you. God is trying to reach you right now. He's trying to reach you. There's someone right now that has stuck around for the Spirit to speak through. Wow. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. You know that He appeared in order to take away sins, and in Him there is no sin. No one who abides in Him sins. No one who sins has seen Him or knows Him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices Righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Come on, guys. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying right now. There is practiced sin happening in this, in this world, in this, in this message. There's someone here right now. The Spirit is marinating this right now. He is, he is, I feel it flowing. If you don't feel the Holy Spirit flowing, He is literally reaching someone right now saying, leave it behind. I'm, God says, I'm calling you so much farther. Someone right now, God is saying, I'm calling you so much farther and still yet you are eating your own vomit. Where is that person? Who will I send? Who will I send, God says? Who am I going to send? Leave that life behind and represent me, says the Lord. Do not be surprised, brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. Jesus said that if they hate you, remember that they hated me first. Don't expect to be liked when you walk in holiness. Don't expect to be understood. The Bible says that the, the, the message of the cross is foolishness, foolishness to those who are perishing. Don't expect to be liked. But there is someone literally right now, God is calling you. You may have something stirring in you. God is literally calling you. It could be years from now, that that person hears this broadcast, but God is calling someone further in their walk, further into the power and the anointing that he has set out, the feeling of the Holy Spirit. Someone, there's someone out there. Father, I thank you for, Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness that when we pray for your presence, Lord, you, you bring it. When we pray for your wisdom, Lord, and your revelation, you you bring it. So, God, I ask that whatever it is that you are conveying to the people, that they would hear it and the, and the interpretation would be given, and that that the call to surrender would be made known to them, that they would be receptive. Ultimately, 
that this message would edify somebody. God, I pray you'd be with all the rest of the viewers and uh, bring us wisdom and bring us strength and ultimately guide us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys uh, for watching and be sure to be here next week.